You are listening to Fellowship Around the Table. Welcome to the Weekly Chat. I'm your host again today, Heath Casey, and joining me again is our lead pastor, Eric Bryan. Eric, thank you for joining us again. Yes, and Heath, I'm going to beg you right now that I guess I've been on a few of these by now in this little Engage, Pursue, Share track, and today might be the end of my my run. This like, is it? I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I, that's what I think you told me, that I don't get to do any more after this. You're going to stretch this one out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to make this seven episodes. <laughs> no. But anyway, it's been awesome to be here, and I want to do this again. Oh, it's I mean, so much fun. Too much fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've been talking about Engage, Pursue, Share, and, and last week we really kind of focused on the pursuing Christ-centered relationships and I wanted to see if there's anything else you want to have on that, because I think this point leads in great to our next one, which is sharing the good news of Jesus. Yeah. So I, I kind of teased last time that I might want to sneak in one more thought. <laughs> and it, blame Heath for this, because he he actually seeded me with some questions ahead of time to just think about. Sure. Can, and I know it doesn't come off like this, but we actually did a slight bit of preparation on this. Who knows? <laughs> Who knew? Who we could knew? do that. But... One of the questions he asked sort of up in the pursue section for me to ponder was, how do we pursue Christ-centered relationships outside of this local church? And as I was thinking about that, I wrote a couple of notes down. One, the the heading note was natural flow. I think, again, we're creatures who are so tempted to overcomplicate things, but Mm. what's my natural flow? Where has God put me in life? And so I, I, one of the best ways to pursue Christ-centered relationships is say, where is my, lo- my life flow taking me? To mm. the soccer fields, to the you know, civic or business-related club, to you know, some association, or whatever it is. Maybe you've gone in together with some other people on season tickets somewhere, and you're traveling together a lot of weekends or whatever. How do you pursue it? Well, just what's my flow? Mm. And then from there— and this sort of is some echoes from last time where you talked about committing time and intentionality. Yeah. And, you know, the Apostle Paul, and I'm, I'm not going to know off the top of my head where he said these things in some of his epistles, but he said two, two different times, he said, in one case, he said, pray for me that I will declare the gospel clearly as mm. I ought to. Yeah. And the other time he said that I will declare it boldly. So I think time and intentionality, you got to have the mindset that I need to... Make the time to, like you said, view these relationships through the grid of Jesus being at the center of them, and then be intentional to say, Lord, give me an opportunity. I want to be clear. I want to be bold. And you don't, matter of fact, I was going to say, you don't have to be weird about it. I would say, please don't be weird about it. (laughs) You know, go with the flow, but, but ask God, you know the desire of my heart. I want to share your good news with people. Would you give me opportunities? And then- it's, That's a prayer it, that gets answered, Eric. It does, and but you gotta you gotta have his strength to be bold and walk yep. through it. That's right, you know. And I'll confess, there've been times maybe you've felt the same way where I leave and I and I kind of do a mental debrief and I think I think God opened a good door there, and mm. I just shrunk back on that one. Mm. Felt that before. And so my prayer for myself and at the head of the line and everybody else is just ask God to give you the opportunity and then walk through it. Yeah, go through the door. I know for me, and I'll I'll say this as somebody that you know has a 
job for a living outside the church. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of my time, you know, 40 plus hours a week is, are with people in that context, uh, which is not a spiritual context. Right. It's oil and gas, but (laughs) (laughs) oil and gas people know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But you know, something that hit me many years back and I was doing a study through the minor prophets and the phrase in there, you know, God has told you what to do, to do justice, to love kindness and walk humbly before me from Micah. And at the same time, I was getting some discipleship and thinking about work and what I go do for a living. How does that fit in? And so the context of this for me as an introvert and sowing fertile ground to share the gospel is every day when I, no, I don't keep this mindset, but I've had this and it works if I can, if I can stay focused on it. But today when I go do my job, I have ample opportunity to do justice to love kindness and to walk humbly in all the people I interact with. Yeah. And I can serve and advocate for people in my position and every day do those things and people notice and God gives you opportunities because you're living that out because it's so different. Yes. To share the gospel. You know, and this is a great gospel passage, but second Corinthians five, mm. but it says we are ambassadors for Christ. Yeah. So I think, that's the, the the passage that came right into my head when you said that was you go to your workplace, your marketplace, and if you have put on, if you will, the mindset of, you know what, I'm an ambassador for Christ. I'm going there. And if you know anything about being an ambassador, the ambassador's job is not to get off script. The ambassador's job is to carry the message of the nation or the authority that has sent him or her. That's right. You know? So, you know, I'm walking into my oil and gas firm today. And I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Yep. Yeah, I've got to be a good steward and be, matter of fact, Scripture would say in some ways, I need to be the best employee they got yep, there. that's right. You know, work hardly unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm going to be ambassador for Christ. I'm going to walk like he did with his power. I'm going to talk like he did. I'm going to see people through his eyes, et cetera. It all comes back to that engaged, pursue, share. There yeah. you go. Gosh, we can't get away from it, can no, we, Heath? no. <laughs> so that last pillar, sharing the good news of Jesus, how is this done at Fellowship Bible Church? Yeah, lots of ways. And I th- I think after I share these, we ought to go back and say just what is the the, the good well, news? Actually, let's start there. You want to start there? I okay. Do. And I'm going to list a couple of scripture passages and maybe as I do them, if you have another go-to that's a good one, drop it in. Okay. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So when I thought of this question, I thought, gospel, good news. There's a word for that in Scripture. It's all over the place. Yep. I'm not ashamed of the good news, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek, says Romans 1.16. So first, just before you even get to the content of it, you recognize that it is something we don't need to be ashamed of, and it's the very power of God for salvation. When we mm. take that message of good news to people, that is his power for salvation. Yeah. And that I mean, that wow. elevates it in my <laughs> book, doesn't it? <laughs> right. That's a cool thing that we get to be a part of wow. for everyone who believes. Then, you know, the, the longer I go reading the Bible, the more I love the simplicity of 1 Corinthians 15, verses oh, 3 yes. through 5. That's so good. You know, content deluxe. Mm-hmm. I delivered to you as a first importance what I received, that Christ died for our sins. He died for our sins mm-hmm. in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried. I think they put that in there just to prove the point. This is, We're not talking metaphorically here. He died. That's right. 
and then that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures and that he appeared, it's verifiable to Cephas, then to the twelve. So pretty simple content. Jesus died for our sins. He stood in our place. He took the penalty. He was buried. He rose again. Death couldn't hold him down, Mm. conquered it, provides us life, and he appeared. And then the last one, which is just Oh, I love this one. He, it's so good. Romans four twenty four and twenty five says, mm. "It which if the if you read the context is like faith, faith will be counted as righteousness." I'm adding that parenthetically too. Faith will be counted as righteousness to those who believe in Him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses. So why did He have to die? Because I've got I'm a sinner. That's right. And a penalty needed to be paid and was raised for our justification. He rose again so that we would stand before Jesus, before the Lord God himself justified and with the righteousness of Christ. I love how that verse, those two verses just sort of jam pack it together so, so concisely and clearly. Yeah. So when you think of the gospel, are there places you've gone in scripture that are dear to you? The first Corinthians 15 passage is the dearest one to me. That's the one I've used over the year. It's just so clear, so simple. And then several John passages, because there's the the facts of the gospel, which I think first Corinthians lays out death, burial, and resurrection. But the part that I think can get confusing to people is how do I respond to that? Mm -hmm. And I think John's gospel is so clear on how to respond by belief, by faith in Christ over and over. I think John's gospel talks about belief like 98 times in those 21 chapters. Yeah. I know one thing, this isn't, this isn't really on the agenda for this, this discussion, but we've talked about here about equipping people to know how to share their testimony, Mm -hmm. the, 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 the word that about how, what God has done in their lives. And, We've talked about it in a simple frame of who was I before I believed or yep. before I met Jesus? What did he do? I trusted him and he saved me. Mm-hmm. And then who who am I now? I'm I'm new in Christ and my life has changed. You know, kind of a simple framework. So that's how you sort of work the gospel into a conversation. That's right. You know what? Hey, Joe, you know, oh, was that your kid kicking that ball? Yeah, you know, yeah. so we're out here on the <laughs> soccer field. Hey, Joe, you know. We were talking about this, and God, man, in the past, my I was a mess, and I don't know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, anything special or anything, but God, in His mercy, just reached down and He saved me, you know, from my sin. He, you know, I had sin before God, but God paid the price for me, and you know, I've got new life in Him, and and now let me just tell you about my life. It's not perfect, man. I got struggles, etc., but I know I have hope, yeah. you know. I, that's a stupid little con- condensation of, uh, how, of yeah. uh, how a little conversation could develop on the soccer field or, or wherever. Yeah. But it's done in context of you got to be in relationship. That's to right. Pursue the relationship. That's right. So, yeah, I love it. The believe part of John is, is, is crucial. So how are we doing that at FBC? Yeah, how do we go about that here? We go about it, and I'm happy to say more consistently – and more persistently than in, in, in my time that I've been here, I, I, as I can remember, we, we go about it really well. And that is through every Sunday, pretty much we're, we're proclaiming the gospel That's in our right. worship services. And I, I, don't, we, I just want to camp out there for a second because I think this is so important. We, we have an open service. And you and I know this because of connection cards, because of the people we meet. 
we're not checking membership cards at the door. No. People come in in all different situations in unbelief and agnostic in all these different areas of life. And I know this now having preached a little bit. There's it's it's a in some ways it's it's a tough audience because you know out there there's people all over the map. That's right. You're not in a little bitty room where you know everybody and you know their story and you know their faith. There's people all over. And so as a preacher, we know we have a responsibility to make sure we proclaim the gospel because there's going to be people out there that need the gospel proclaimed because they've not come to faith in Christ. Yeah. And you know the reality is if if a person who has, has already trusted Jesus, let's just use, pick up on your scenario, Heath. You said people are all over the map. Let's take the person, if we were to have a grading system, quote unquote, of <laughs> spiritual maturity, that you take the longest standing Christian person who has been just immersed in the scriptures and knows the word and has been obeying the Lord, et cetera. Yeah. Whoever that person is. That person, as well as the person who has no church background, who has never heard the gospel proclaimed, both people in some sense should be equally as excited and encouraged to hear the gospel <laughs> proclaimed yeah. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Yeah. Because for the believer who knows the Lord and knows the word, it's like the Apostle Paul said, you know, like, among whom I am chief of sinners. He, I, I remember preaching that one sun, one Easter Sunday. I don't think he ever got over the fact that God saved him. No. You know, and so he he's oh. all about the gospel over and over and over and over and over again, by whatever means that some would be saved, he says. Yep. And I, then for the person who's unchurched, who's never heard it, man, Romans 10, how are they going to hear unless somebody preaches, preaches it to them? <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, you were going to say no, something. No, I just love that you said that because I've been in the audience. I've been at a Sunday morning worship service where I'm in a, what, I, what me and Shay call a spiritual funk. You know, I'm not perfect. Uh, <laughs> and I needed to be reminded of the gospel. That's right. And yes, and there's people in, in Sunday service like that every Sunday. That's right. For me, Heath... It's a foundation that I have to cling to every single yeah. day. Yeah. So it's so, crucial. So we we are going to share the gospel in every worship service. Gathering. Yeah, Lord willing. And, and it's on us to try and do it in a winsome, creative way, yeah. you know, and work yeah. it into the sermon the right way, et cetera. That's right. Our ministries, you know, we've talked about in our series of conversations about this, that we should be able to go through our bulletins, print this way, et cetera, and say... What we do here as a church, how can we rationalize it or how can we justify it through the grid of engage, pursue, share? So our ministries, you pick one. At the end of the day, if we don't have a, a construct or a framework in our mind that how is this advancing the cause of proclaiming the gospel, I'm, and I'm not saying every one of them has to have a verbal proclamation, but what I am saying is we need to be thinking that way about yeah. how is this getting closer to sharing the good news of Jesus. Yeah. And so many of those ministries, I think because it kind of goes under the radar, and I get to see this as an elder, but some of these ministries, people wouldn't think of them, I don't think, as evangelical yeah. uh, in, in that way. But we see a lot of people come to Christ, yeah. for instance, through biblical counseling. Yes, we <laughs> many. I mean, I, and I hope you have, Ron, you know, maybe in an appropriate way, share some stories, mm -hmm. but... You know, we've seen people come to Jesus because they came at a point of need That's, and yep. the gospel and the word of God. That ministry presents the gospel. 
Yeah, faithfully, faithfully, yeah, very consistently. Faithfully. Yeah. So ministries such as that one and others, outreach events, you know, we somewhat are becoming known as the church with the big letters. That's right. <laughs> but you know what? That's that's not the critical path there. The critical path is what those are geared to to proclaim that's happening so that people will come in so that we can, again, win that right to proclaim yeah. the good news. And the events that we've been hosting on our campus, it's to, I mean, they are very gospel focused and we get opportunity. I hear these stories. We get opportunities to share the gospel in really unique ways in those things. But there's a sense of kind of like with the big letters, we're here, we're alive, we're thriving, we're a part of this community and we're going to proclaim the gospel in this community. That's right. That's yeah. right. And then, you know, of course, a uh, hallmark of this church from the beginning is mission work. Mm-hmm. Got great local, domestic, international partners and workers in mission. Who are our partners? I wouldn't call them the paid professionals. They're just our teammates. Yep. And they're the sent ones who are proclaiming the good news. And then finally, and, and again, one that I think we can always be growing in is just that person to person. You talked about going around and seeing gatherings of people in Paneras and in New York <laughs> bagel shops and all that. That person to person proclamation as we go in our specific spheres of influence. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So those are those are some good ways we do it. Well, we are a church family that is engaging the Bible, pursuing, pursuing Christ-centered relationships, and sharing, sharing the good news of Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Eric, I had so much fun talking through all these things, and I'm just going to embarrass you here at the end. I've, I've known you really well for the last 12 years, but I would say the last four or five at a very deep friendship level, mm. and we get to hang out a lot. And one thing that I know this body knows, but I just want to communicate it because it's so real to me, is your love for this body. Mm. It's so real. It's so authentic. And I know you say it at the close of every Sunday, (laughs) and I look forward to that part, believe it or not. (laughs) But you do. You love this body. And that's something I cherish. Just when seeing a believer has just this unfiltered, unbridled love for the body of Christ. And I'm just very thankful to have a lead pastor with a heart like that. Mm, gosh, that's that's humbling. But uh, I would say it's just a privilege and an honor. Yeah. And so I, I think this is an incredible bunch. <laughs> I mean, I'm crazy blessed to be able to do what I'm doing here. So praise God for that. Thank you, well, Heath. You, thank you. And you want to close us out with how you close out Sunday morning? Yeah. Lately, I've been saying uh, two phrases. So maybe I'll become a two-catchphrase pastor. <laughs> Stay in tight with the King, so keep pressing into the Lord Jesus Christ in all of this. And I do love you all greatly, wherever you're listening from. And maybe you're tuning in as a new guy or gal, and that that's awesome. We love you here. We'd love to engage with you here and keep pressing forward in the Lord. All right. Thank you all. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining Fellowship Around the Table. If you'd like to learn more, go to fbctulsa.org.